You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Announcements real quick before we get started. Once again, welcome. Uh, hey, can we do me a favor? If it's your first time in this church, or maybe your first time in a long, long time, would you lift up your hand? Can we welcome you again? Can we celebrate you? We've got a few more. Awesome. Good to have you guys. I don't know about some of you, but I actually went to, they used to have a school here many years ago, and I actually went to second, third, and fourth grade here at Good Shepherd Christian School. How many of you knew that? Right? Not very many of you. It's back where our, our kids' classes are. I went to school over there. How, raise your hand if you went to the school here. Real hot. Real, real hot. Oh, that's cool, man. Welcome back. Awesome. So, anyways, a few announcements real quick before I move on. And, and Pastor Faith is on vacation. Hallelujah. Um, so I'm leaving her alone. Uh, if, if, they're, if they're watching in, I hope you guys are enjoying yourself. Um, but I have a few announcements. So really quickly, our small groups. Uh, hey, this is even a better announcement. You can get this QR code, get your phone out, and this will take you to everything you need. It'll take you to the Church Center app, um, and it will just it's our one-stop shop really for checking in your kids, to make it easier to check in your kids in the morning, uh, to give online, to see our event calendar, uh, to sign up for small groups. Everything's going to be there to sign up for the journey. Um, so here at the Father's House, we're a healthy home for the city. Your first step, if you want to get involved and start serving in our church, we, we hope and encourage you to join the church, to, to make a commitment to a church. Uh, Pastor Faith says this a lot. You know, if, you're, if it's your first time here, give the church a few tries. And then if, you know, just give us a few tries. And then go to another church. Give them a few tries. And we just ultimately want, um, we want you to be where God wants you to be. Amen? How many of you want to be where God wants you to be? Come on, somebody. Then we, we want the same thing for you. Uh, we even have, we have family members in, in this city that, uh, that don't go to our church. And, and they say, hey, you know, hey, we, we love you, Mike, and we really bless you. We just, it's not anything against you. We just feel like we're supposed to go here. You know what we say? We want you to be where God wants you to be, period. So if God wants you to be with us, then come along with us and, and get behind our vision and run with us, amen? Somebody say the journey. Sign up for the journey. That's your next steps. That's the, the way. It's a, it's a two-part class. Um, it, we just had one, so it's every other month. It's on a Wednesday night. It's two parts. You learn about who our church is, what we believe. You learn about yourself and ways you can get involved and serve. Um, also, really quickly, small groups are starting back up. We have a couple small groups still open for the summer. I think we're just going six weeks in the summer. Then we'll start again in the fall, so we'll have a spring, summer fall semesters every year. Don't worry, you won't miss it. We'll always have them continuing to come. Um, Also, yeah, so small groups. One of our core values is family, and we believe family happens in community. It happens when you share a meal together. It happens when you get together, that you be vulnerable with one another. You share your heart with somebody. You you put something out there to let yourself to be known. Um, Also, we have an outreach table. How many of you know we have an outreach table where you can bring stuff? Raise your hand. 
great. None of you are listening to anything we talk about. Just kidding. Uh, but there's an outreach table in the foyer, and it has a bunch of different ways that you can just bring um, different uh, canned goods and different things. It has a little sign uh, for different nonprofit organizations in our town that we partner with. Really easy way for you to help with local outreaches. We're trying to make it very simple for you here. Um, also, uh, we have the Friends of Sinners that is today. I'm almost 100% sure it is today. There is a car wash for the Friends of Sinners Women's uh, House. Um, that is, listen, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to look at my phone. I don't see Serena in here. Well, guess what? There might be one. <laughs> I'm almost sure it's today. Uh, there may be a car wash uh, on the front part of our building, uh, right over here on the Biddle Road side after you leave church. Do me a big favor and just go drive over there and see if it's there. And if it is, let them wash your car and give them money. Amen. And if it's not there, it's next week. God bless you. Awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm really good at this stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we love Friends of Sinners. We love Friends of Sinners of the local Christ-centered rehab in our city. Uh, me and Pastor Darrell get the honor to go teach class down there for the last however many years. Uh, raise your hand if you've been through the program. Come on, there's no shame. You've been through FOS. Or maybe you're still in. Come on, get up for these guys. You've graduated. Come on, come on, let us never be ashamed of where God has brought us from, amen? Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, we, we want to partner with them, get your car washed, give them some money. We love FOS. Um, what they're doing in our community is wonderful. They're restoring dads to their kids, restoring husbands to their wives, restoring moms to their children. Uh, it's so, so good, so good, amen? Amen. So, um, I think that's it. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Unless there's another slide you guys want to put up that I don't know about. Uh, VBS sign up. You can throw that up there as well. If you still need volunteers to sign up for things, you're welcome to do so right now. I think a couple of our small groups are closed. We've got too many people, um, but you still have a couple to sign up for. Awesome. Praise Jesus. Come on. Isn't it amazing watching people get baptized? Uh, I, man, I, I, I feel like Maddie did this morning. Um, just my heart was just so happy. Um, man, my heart was just so happy seeing these little kids, you know, and seeing their parents. And, um, and, and I just seen a lot, a lot of the families, um, you know, a lot of y'all together and the, the Blyce and the Rafferty's and the uh, Norses. And it's just, we celebrate with you truly. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, I, I, one of my kids is baptized so far and uh, a few of the other ones are on their way in Jesus' name. Uh, they definitely need to get saved still. Um, I'm just kidding. I love, uh, ever since Mercy and Reading have been really little, I've always put them in my lap and preached the gospel to them and say, hey, do you want to accept Jesus? And Mercy's answer was usually, no. <laughs> Redding. Redding's actually a lot more agreeable. Eh? But yeah, I don't think he understands what I'm saying, but I'm like, okay, let's pray. You know, it's awesome, you know? Um, I, I want my kids to have that testimony. I don't want them to have my testimony. <laughs> Amen? Some of you don't know. I don't want my kids to have a story <laughs> to tell. Um, no. I, I think an amazing testimony is, man, my parents love the Lord. They showed me Christ. I don't remember a day that I wasn't walking with Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's the testimony I want for my children. It's amazing. You know? <sighs> 
Did you know that the devil will use any opportunity he can just to let shame speak to you? <laughs> so even right then in that moment, some of you automatically, even though I said, hey, I want my kids to be this way, you automatically heard the enemy come in and say, that's not what you did. Your kids are screwed up. Come on. Let's stop listening to the enemy this morning. Amen? Let's shut him out. That's kind of what I'm going to talk about this morning. Um, so let's pray together. Would you agree with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God, I thank you that um, you came, you bled, you died, you rose, and you're seated Beside the Father, Jesus, we just celebrate you this morning. We say all the glory and everything that's happened here and will continue to happen, all the baptisms, all the glory belongs to you. It's all because of you, and it's all for you. God, I pray that you just come this morning and give your people ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive. Father, I thank you that people will be saved, healed, and delivered this morning. God, I pray you'd use me, just help me to be obedient to what you've given me. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Will you lift out your hands in front of you like this? And we're just going to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, everything that's from you, I want it. And anything else, I don't want it. Amen. Pretty good, right? Some of you didn't do it because you were scared. That's okay. You can do it now if you want to. We can receive it. How many of you know if it's from Jesus, you want it? Right? Even if it's correction. Even if it's a little discipline. Even if it's, you know what I mean? If it's from him, I always want it. Amen? Amen. So, um, this past week, uh, Lauren Early got to preach and minister this morning, uh, or last week. It was, it was awesome. So good. Uh, just such a, a calling on her life. I'm so happy that God has brought uh, them here to our church. God continues to do stuff like that. He continues just to bring people here. We're not searching for them. We're not looking for them. We're not recruiting them. People just come. And that's what we desire. We want you to be led to come here. And it, let me say it like this. And if you get here and you feel led to come here, and then you find out that we have some structure and we have some things that we value, and you're like, well, I don't know if I really like these things. Let me, let me tell you this. If God led you here, he knew how we operate before you got here. So maybe God is trying to get you to get something out of here. Right? Amen? Yeah. Instead of maybe being offended by things. Well, I don't want to go to the journey. Do I have to do those things? Come on. Maybe God wants you to do something different. Amen? Amen. And let me say this. Your past church hurt isn't your, it doesn't mean that that's how every church is. Your past pastor hurt, your past manipulative hurt, whatever it is, doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen to you again. So you can't accommodate your life to live in fear and control and self-preservation. You've got to be willing to say, no, I believe God has good leaders out there. Amen? Three of you, good. Amen. That was a good word. Um, awesome. So as Lauren was preaching, she was talking about something that really hit me. She, uh, she said, unity. Everybody say unity. Come on, say it louder. Unity. And she was talking about unity. And even before that, Latricia came in from the prayer room and came in and said, man, I feel the Lord saying about unity. Like we need to protect. Somebody say protect. We need to protect unity. We need to fight for unity in our church, in our home, in our nation. How many of you know we live in a nation where a slogan that all of us know, and maybe it's just become so regular to us, is united we, divided Right? How many of you heard that your whole life? 
You know, that came from actually centuries before Christ. And then it was uh, John Dickinson who wrote in that uh, Liberty song who, who kind of made that famous again. But it was a song to bring people together in unity. And he was trying to say, hey, just as a reminder, when we're united, we can stand strong. And when we're divided, we're actually vulnerable and very weak. And that's what we see. I'm not going to get all into it this morning because that's a whole other sermon. But that's what we're seeing in our nation trying to divide us completely because divided we fall. And let me just say it. We have actual enemies and threats to our country and it's not each other. <laughs> when things get rough, people have to learn how to stand together, amen? So, Anyways, he was preaching. It was awesome. So excited. It was wonderful. So united we stand, divided we fall. And I started thinking, man, the church, uh, or let me say this, one of the biggest assignments of the devil, how many of you know that the devil is not passively trying to hurt the church? He is actively trying to hurt the church. He's not passively waiting. He's not just passive saying, oh, man, when I feel like it, I'm going to try to cause some problems. No, he's saying I'm actively, the Bible says, like a roaring lion, right? He's actively doing this. And in a sense, he's looking for opportunities. And one of the biggest opportunities that the devil comes to, to mess up the church or mess up Christians or mess up our families is to cause division. Because he knows if I can just get them divided, then the vision will never come to pass because we'll never, get to, we'll never come to agreement about anything. And the church was actually created literally to be the most united place with the most diversity, right? But not, a, the thing that unites us is the vision, is the calling, but we have this opportunity that the church will see in Galatians 3 when he says, hey, there's neither slave nor free nor Jew nor Gentile nor black nor white nor rich nor poor. Basically, it's what it's saying, that we're all one in Christ. That we should, the church should be the place that's the least divided place on the earth. And this is what we have the opportunity to do. And I felt like doing something really quickly. And, and if I call you out, uh, I'm sorry, I love you. You're amazing. Uh, ben Withrow, will you come stand right here just for a second? We're going to do a little, are you here? He left. Okay, cool. There he is. Okay. Uh, is Kevin here? Kevin Watkins, I think is his name. Is that you? Come on, Kevin. Maddie, come over here as well. Juan, come on. Um, let's see. Aubrey, Carter. Y'all can get a little closer now. Come on, we're family here. It's not quarantine no more, huh? We won't go there. Come on, the church is supposed to be the place where we have diversity, but we have unity. It's supposed to be the place. Did you know this is what heaven looks like? And we're not, I mean, come on, this is what heaven looks like. Did you know that Jesus didn't speak English? Let me say that again. Did you know Jesus didn't speak English? Did you know? I think we, we were raised in such a weird place. We think he was white with blue eyes because of the movies, and he spoke English. He's from the Middle East, and he spoke Aramaic. 
He's a Middle Eastern person. But this is a place where we can see different races. We can lay down our preferences or how we are raised or ethnicities or backgrounds. We can all come together because we've all been washed in the same blood. You guys can sit down. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And it's a place where we can be united. And so that the devil, I'm just going to tell you, the devil loves white church, black church, Mexican church. We're going to get to heaven and be really confused. (laughs) I remember me, when we grew up, when I was younger, I was, I grew up, Diamond really grew up there the most in Texas, but we, we were the minority in Texas. You know, we were the only few white kids, and everybody else was black and Hispanic. And then we came to Owensboro. <laughs> and my goodness. <laughs> can, I, can I just say something? And, and I'm not trying to have clickbait or anything crazy, or, but racism has no place in the kingdom of heaven. It has no place. And, I, and also I've learned... I've learned throughout my life that it's not just white towards blacks. It's all sometimes it's Mexicans towards blacks. I mean, everybody's mad at everybody for some reason. <laughs> but it's, there's no place for it. And I started thinking, man, we want unity in our church. We want unity in this house. We want to be united because I believe when there is a unity in mind and in spirit that God can accomplish what he wants to accomplish. I believe we all want God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And that happens when we lay down some things and we say, we're going to be united. We're going to be united. And I I wanted to do something this morning I thought was just such a cool testimony. At our church, we value authenticity. We value transparency. How many of you like to be at a church where you seem like it's transparent? We want to be vulnerable and be real. Um, I was at Gene's the other day. This guy asked me, he said, hey, he said, "Uh, hey, everything going your way? I said, no. <laughs> what a weird thing to say, really. Hey, is your life completely perfect? No, it's not. You know, I don't know if it's ever going to, everything's always going to go my way the rest of my life. No, probably not. That's, that's not part of it. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. But the, the reality is, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, at this house, what unites us is our vision. That we want to be healthy. That we want to be strong. What unites us is we got small groups coming up. And what unites us is we got freedom group. It's a big deal. Do you know why we, we do these things? Because it's our plan? No, it's because it's God's plan. It's what God said. Michael, I want a healthy house. Michael, I want people to experience freedom. Michael, I want healthy parents. Michael, I want this. And I'm just saying, okay, Lord. (laughs) And just coming along with what God is doing. Did you know that God spoke to Moses and gave him direction and gave him a vision for what he wanted him to do. And then Moses went, gathered the people, and said, this is what God's wanting to do. And then they start to carry out the vision that came from where? Moses? No, it came from the Lord. And then they start to follow who? Moses? The Lord. You see what I'm saying? They start to follow. They, they weren't following Moses through the water. Ultimately, they were following the Lord through the water. Because there was a word that was happening. God would raise up leadership and, and God would bring unity around the word of the Lord. And if we can get united in this house, guys, we got to stop being offended by stuff that brings God's glory. That came to me while I was in worship. I wrote it in my, if y'all see me, if you ever see me going back to my computer, I'm like, oh man, that's a word. Let me say it again. we got to stop being offended by stuff that brings God's glory. Well, I don't like how they do small groups. Do you know what's happening in our small groups? I don't like that song. Do you know God's getting glory from that song? 
Come on. We're going to get offended by something to bring God glory? Come on now. I remember we used to get people, they would get upset because some of the, the, the teenage kids listened to Christian rap music. And they'd get offended. Well, that music's, that music's terrible. I'm like, well, they were listening to Lil Wayne and Drake and the baby. And now they're listening to Christian rap music that's talking about Jesus. And you're still not happy. You're offended by something God's getting glory from. Offense is the biggest thing that will cause division. We have people get saved from smoking meth and they're still smoking cigarettes and people get offended. Well, he's still smoking cigarettes. And I heard, he was smoking meth a couple weeks ago. Oh, he's just smoking cigarettes now? Praise God. My goodness. And if you think any differently, I'm here to tell you it's a religious spirit and you need to kill it and throw it out the window. This is not how Jesus thinks. It's not how he thinks. He's excited. Just like this morning, I'm standing in worship and the first thing that comes to me is like, man, I really haven't spent a lot of time in worship this week. And the Lord's like, no, sh shut up. I'm so glad you're in this moment with me right now, Michael. I'm so, he's not like, well, you ain't been here all week. He's just like, oh, you came. And I'm like, man, yes, Lord. And then he's like, because I know he's, oh, Mike, you, you know you want to come. <laughs> yeah, I know I want to come. But we got to get united. Somebody say unity. That's why we have vision. That's why we have values. That's why we do these things, because we want to get united. Because when, when you're united and when we come into agreement, there's power and God can get things done. And so I started thinking, like, man, our small groups are so important to us. And I, I, I hear a lot of the testimonies that come out of our small groups, and I know that you all uh, don't really get to hear a lot of those. So I have one of my favorite testimonies here recently, and I talked to a brother this morning. Um, I asked him to share his testimony with me from small group, and I asked if he'd be willing to share it at the church. He's about to be extremely vulnerable with everybody in this room on our live stream. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just amazing what God can do when, you, when we say, man, that church, man, they just won't stop pushing small groups. Man, they won't get off my back about freedom. Why? It's because God has said, this is what I want to do. Amen. And we're seeing it happen. We're seeing God do some awesome things. Because I want my brother, Mike, Mike Rudd. Can we give her Mike Rudd as he comes? Yeah. Mike's going to share a testimony about something God's done in his heart over this Last small group season, if you go, brother. All right, my name is Mike Rudd. Um, so we've been, me and my wife, Misty, have been attending here since about 21. We started in November 21, and one of the first things we kept hearing was, hey, you need to be a part of a small group. Small group season's coming up. So we kind of ho-hummed around, not signed up for anything, and then uh, got really close to about to start, so we... I got on the app, I was looking, and Juan and Lisa Guadarrama's group was open, so um, I hit the button, we was going to attend there. So some of the backstory of me is I was grew up in a small town in Knott'sville, Kentucky, a couple of us from there, um, but um, so we grew up working on farms, working for uh, different home builders, working, you know, just young kids just working and uh, spent years working on farms. And we started seeing a lot of Hispanic, a lot of Mexican guys kind of uh, coming into that. And 
we would always work all, or go to school all day long, and then we would uh, go to the farm after school and work until dark, and that's how we made money. Well, we started seeing, like I said, Mexican and Hispanic people come in, and those jobs started going away. And um, I let that start me down a trail of hatred and racism that followed me around for probably the next 30 years. Um, so when I said I hit that button for one in Lisa Guadarrama's group, I hit that button very reluctantly. Um, did not, I love you one, but did not want to hit the button. So matter of fact, when I told Misty that we had the, she's like, okay. Cause she um, had been telling me for a long time, you're planting something in our kids that I don't like. Cause I was very uh, out front and forward about my feelings toward Mexican people. And it wasn't good, and I was putting seeds in our kids that uh, didn't have no place. So um, I think it started in January of 22. Small groups did. Um, we attend, and I think me and Misty might have been one of 20-something Mexican people that were there, and we're the two or three white people that are there. So it's like, all right, God, this is a little crazy. What are you doing? So as the weeks kept going on and on, um, I started seeing a side of people, a side of Mexican people that was genuine. When they would worship, they were genuinely worshiping. They were loving. They were kind. They were welcoming to us. Um, and that wasn't the side that I had seen. It wasn't the side that I chose to see 30 years ago either. Um, Hearing their testimonies of the things they'd been through, that they're loved of the Lord. Um, you know, sometimes I, I told one, I said, sometimes we think about deliverance is smacking the forehead, you're delivered. Well, that wasn't me. Um, it took me the better part of uh, six, eight months to be delivered of some real deep rooted racism that uh, I had battled a lot. So uh, Juan and Lisa sponsored me and my wife to go to walk to Emmaus also during this time. So as we're in the Emmaus group, if anybody's been through that, it's, um, it's really uh, just a deep uh, time of reflecting on yourself. So um, I see the Lord. I see this old house, and it's 18, 1900s. It's ran down. It's, it's a mess. I see the Lord's hand come down. He grabs this house, and he picks it up. But the house was just sitting on top of the ground. It didn't have any foundation, any roots, anything. And I see him take his other hand and just dig this hole. And it's like crazy deep. I mean, foundations to a house are 20-something inches deep. This is like feet deep. And he starts pouring the concrete and sets this house back on top of that. And it, to me, it was like he's changing something. He's building a foundation somewhere. But I didn't understand what was going on still at that time. So as we go further into the group, my wife takes a picture, and it's of me and Juan. Our arms are around each other, and she's like, never would have seen that day. I mean, it's amazing what God's doing. And um, as we keep on going through the group, I start having Hispanic contractors come to me looking for work. And at first I was like, no, we're not there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. 
and this little guy kept knocking on my door and at, at the office and he's like, hey, you know, I'm looking for work, looking for work. So I entertained it, I bring him in, I start talking to him. He's a spirit-filled uh, Mexican man. And uh, every time he would leave, he's like, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for your company. He just keeps, keeps pushing and pushing. And uh, so I hire him and his group, they start working on a job. Every one of them are spirit-filled Mexican men working on this job site, like 10, 12 guys. Um, I show up on a Saturday morning. These guys are working at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, and I just hear worship. These guys are in there sanding drywall, doing what they do. They have a choice to do whatever they want to on a Saturday morning, but they're in there worshiping God. And um, it just kept, God kept working on me working on me, working on me. These guys keep telling me, hey, praying for you, praying for your family. It's like, you don't even know my family. You, you, they don't know nothing about me. They didn't know my feelings toward them. And they keep just telling me how much they're praying for our family, praying for me. And over the course of about six to eight months, God started breaking the hatred, the racism off of my life and um, if you've ever thought about going to a small group and you're not for whatever reason not going to it become a part of small groups it's it's the difference it's it's the Lord's there and um, there's a healing I, I was healed of racism in that area I, I truly believe it I don't know if y'all heard what he said. <laughs> We're not just getting together to have pizza, <laughs> have community. Come on, this is, this is stuff that just, man, it moves my heart. And man, if I would just be real honest in this room right now, there's racism that exists in this room. There really is. And it needs to be broken this morning in Jesus' name. And next time, uh, I'll tell you a good proactive step for it. The next time Lisa and Juan have their group in the fall or freedom, that'd be a good opportunity for you to sign up. And Juan is actually one of our elders here at the church, an uh, amazing man of God. Um, hmm. You know what, I'm just going to do it. We might as well. He doesn't know what we're doing. Um, you know, I'm just, let's just be, let me, we're just going to have an opportunity for something to break this morning. If, you, if, if you're like, hey, you know what, I, I felt that same way. There's a bit of racism in me. Maybe it's from your daddy, grandparents, or whatever, and I just want to get rid of it today. Would you be bold enough to stand to your feet? And I want to have Mike pray for you this morning. I know that's bold, but I said bold. He got up here in front of everybody. Come on, I see one. Come on. Anybody else? Come on. Uh, there's more. I know there is, guys. It's not a place of shame. I believe God just wants to activate it. Come on. I see there's a couple more. I'm, we're just going to keep it real at this church. You know what I mean? If there's more, come on. Now's just a time. Today's a good day for freedom, is it not? Anybody else? Well, come on. It, 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 listen, racism could go a lot of different ways. Anybody else would be bold enough? I know there's more. <laughs> I think some of us don't even realize it because we say things like, well, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not racist, but I don't want my kids with one. 
That's racist. Whoo! Anybody else? Come on, I'm going to give you a moment. This is your moment. If not, I'm going to have Mike just pray in general for the couple. Come on. Hey, I just thank you guys for your boldness. So, so awesome. So good. So vulnerable. Would you pray for anybody that's struggling with that in this room? Father, we love you and we praise your name. Father, we give you glory and we give you honor for what you're doing here in this church, what you're doing in this body. Lord, thank you for the uh, people in the crowd right now that have that they battle, they're battling racism, that they are, they're literally bound by something that they may not even know they're bound by. Father, we just pray that you're breaking the chains off of them right now, that they would, they would move forward in uh, love and kindness toward their fellow man. And we just say that right now that they are healed, they are delivered, and uh, they will walk forth in a different light. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Come on, can we give it up for Mike one more time too? Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Father's house. Isn't that awesome? I had another amazing testimony this week where one of our prayer team leaders said a, a, a mom and her daughter came down for prayer for God to heal their relationship and for God to work in that. Man, I love that so much. Come on. Man. That's what we're about at the Father's house, a healthy home, a healthy family. We love to see God restore things. Amen? Isn't that awesome? It is. It's incredible. Um, so, man, 11.54. We got at least an hour left of just anointed preaching the best. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for that lack of applause there. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> my mom's like yes let's go um, <laughs> hey, it really is an honor here to be we have my family here I have my mother here I have my brother here my sister-in-law it's an honor so good man now I'm gonna get emotional come on Jesus guys when we get behind this pulpit and we're going after something or we're talking about vision and what we believe God's doing, it's not because we're just making things up. It's because of God's speaking. And he's showing us what's important to us. What do we value, you know? Um, and that's what we value. We value health. I love the prophetic. I love all this stuff, but I value the health of you and your family more than anything else anything else. I remember when I became the pastor of this church, I've told this story before and I was walking through these doors and I felt the Lord say, Mike, if this starts to really hurt your family and really hurt your marriage and things, I'll remove you in an instant. And I was like, okay, Lord. You know why? Because the Lord loves me more than he loves what I can do for him. It's pretty amazing. God's not trying to use me. Amen? So, man, Come on, racism broken in a small group. Let's go. Now, it was kind of funny because Mike, not only did he pick the small group with the Hispanic leader, he picked the small group with all the Hispanic people. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, and I had the joy of being there recently, and they do like half their songs in Spanish, and, and I put it on my, uh, my Facebook story, and one of my pastor friends from Mexico City and some of my Hispanic friends from Florida, they were like, yes, come on. So good. Um, so Anyways, 
Uh, I'm gonna let's see what happens. Uh, I got like four more pages here. Um, Psalms 133, verse 1. How good, somebody say good, and pleasant it is when brothers say, that's me, and sisters, come on somebody. When the Bible uses brothers like that, it doesn't just mean boys. It means the brethren, the body, how good and pleasant it is when brothers, when the body dwell together. Somebody say dwell, say together. In what? Division? No. And unity. Did you notice something stuck out to me on that scripture? The word dwell. It's kind of a, you know, a different word. It could have just said how good and pleasant it is when brothers are in unity. But it's God decided to put there when they dwell in unity. And if you look at the meaning of that word for dwell, it means to stay and remain. It means to say it again. Stay, somebody say stay and remain. So it's insinuating or it's proposing that actually there's going to be opportunities for you to break out of it. You hear what I'm saying? When he says dwell together in unity, he's saying make sure that you remain. Don't, Don't just get united, but remain united. Don't just get united about something, but make sure that you're staying that way. That you're staying in that place, that you're in a sense that the Lord was speaking to me, was saying, make sure we're on guard of the unity. Make sure we're protecting the unity, just like the enemy is not passive about his attacks. Make sure the church, that we're not being lazy or passive about our guard. It just makes sense. And so he would say, stay together, dwell together in unity, that we would remain this way. So the enemy wants us, guys, he wants us divided. He wants the church divided. He wants our homes divided. And I felt the Lord saying this morning, and I had this from notes about a year ago, actually, and I felt the Lord saying, today is the day for us to reposition ourselves towards the enemy, to reposition our attack. Let me say it like this. Our enemy is not each other. Our enemy is the devil. Let me give you a scripture. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Love this scripture. You ready? If we could put that up, please. Look at this. Stay alert. Once again, what is that insinuating? Something that's it's proactive, right? I imagine a guard like at Fort Knox that is, is walking a guard. Some of you have been in the military. Some of you have had to keep guard. You're literally just there to stay alert. I was at a men's conference recently in, um, in, in Springfield, Missouri, and I, I, I noticed that around the, the pastor and the speakers, there was 9,000 men there, and, and behind the pastors and the speakers, there was two security members. And I could, I could tell them because I was looking for them, and they had one in front of him, and they had one up two rows behind him. And these were actually good security members. You know why? Because they were staying alert. And they weren't, you could tell, they weren't enjoying the conference. They weren't in the worship. They were literally on the front row like this. People would walk up, and they would immediately be like, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? People would walk down the stairs, the guy in the back, was all over it. They, they weren't disconnected. They were prepared for an attack. 
It says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy. Who's your enemy? The devil. One of the biggest ways that the devil divides the church is to get you offended and to bring accusations against pastors, leaders, churches, each other, your spouse. I don't know how many times me and Maddie have gotten to an argument and it's right before I gotta leave somewhere. How many of y'all understand that? And you're like, dang it, now I have to go right now. And now we're in an argument. And as as soon as I'm walking out to the car, guess who's in my head speaking? Not the Lord, the devil. She doesn't care. She's immature. She's this. She doesn't love you. She's not going to grow. Da-da-da-da-da. Boom, 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 boom. And the, the devil's basically trying to say, hey, she's your enemy. And I have to pull myself together. I have to be alert about his schemes. And I have to say, no, 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 no. She's not the enemy. You're the enemy. I have one enemy, and it's Satan himself. It's not my wife. It's not my three-year-old. It's not the pastors. It's not the leadership. It's not, this, it's not your leader. If you're a part of a team in our church, and you, you get upset because the leader corrects you, or you get upset because he wants something of you, he's not the enemy. Man, we, we would learn a lot if we, by the military. How many of y'all have been in the military? Raise your hand. Come on, let's honor people who've been in the military for one. But the military has learned how to get in unity to get things done, right? And they have this moment that have guards of different things, but they learn how to get in unity. And the enemy wants to come in and get you offended. Somebody say offended. You're offended by everything. And then it breaks unity. And that's why the Bible would say, hey, stay alert. And the King James, it says, be sober-minded. That word alert means to watch for, to, to be watching for, to be on the lookout for. The next part in the King James says to be vigilant. And I love what it had a little Bible study I was doing. It said this, give strict attention to, be active. So watching out, for what the enemy's doing is something that the church needs to be on guard about. Not something, because here's the opposite. What's the opposite of being active is you being lazy. The enemy just attacks you with everything all the time and you're just stepping right into his offense. You get right offended. And guess what? As soon as I start thinking that Maddie's the enemy, guess what? My home is divided. Our parenting's divided. Everything's divided. And the devil's like, yes. I love that Mike preaches on Sundays, but his home's divided. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, I love that a thousand people get together at that church on Sundays, but they're divided. You see what I'm saying? The enemies, the, our enemy is not scared of how much attendance we can get in our church. He's afraid if we could all come into unity. Let me say that again. He's not afraid if a thousand people join to sing songs. He's afraid if a thousand people come together under a vision and see it come together, put down our differences and walk out what God is wanting to do. That's what he's afraid of. He's afraid of of God accomplishing what he's wanting to accomplish, to build his kingdom on the earth. And I was looking at that word for vigilant, or excuse me, vigilant. Everybody say vigilant. I kept saying it wrong for like three hours last night. Be alert, be watchful. Uh, Vigilant means to be active. Another one of the definitions means to literally when someone wakes up, that Greek word means to wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. It's saying, wake up. Hey, he's basically saying, hey, looky here. The devil wants to cause division. 
Don't let him do it. And every time you hear an accusation come in, you should be very, it should be very obvious to you. Oh, that's the devil. I don't receive that. Does this cause unity or does this cause division? You see what I'm saying? And the Bible would say, hey, how good and pleasant it is when we can dwell together in unity. Amen? You know what unity really looks like if you're supposed to be at the Father's house? It means that you're just as excited about small groups as we are. You never, listen, how many of you are married folks in here? How many of you know that we pass things back and forth to as parents all the time? Mercy comes to me, hey, uh, can I have a popsicle? I'm like, uh, ask your mom. <laughs> I just asked mom. She said, ask you. <laughs> right? And, and I said, well, what did mom say? She said, I can't have one right now. It's too early. You know what unity looks like? I'm sorry. Let's listen to mom. You know what it doesn't look like? Oh, that's not a really good idea. Oh, mommy's mean, isn't she? But I'm sorry you can't have one because mommy, I guess mommy doesn't want you to have them. Sorry. No, I'll say, oh, man, mommy's right. Let's listen to mom. We want to keep unity in our home. Amen? We support one another in decisions. Unity at the Father's house. Man. And we're starting to see it. We're seeing people that are just as excited about freedom groups as our staff is. That's when you know you're in unity truly at this house, that you're excited about what God's doing just as much as we are even more. You know why I love getting together with our elders? And you know why that they're elders? Because they're just as excited or even more. They help me get excited sometimes about what God's doing here. <laughs> Y'all seen Eddie Embry get up here? He's excited about what God's doing here. You see that? Jeremy Jones is excited about what God's doing here. He, sometimes I'm discouraged by things, and they pull me in. Hey, God is moving. God is doing things. If people can't see it, we see it. I'm like, yes. We stay united. Why? You know, because we, we, we all want the same thing. We just want a healthy church. We just want to see people grow up in the Lord. We want to see people mature in Christ. But at the same time, guys, we gotta, we got to reposition our attack, not on each other, not on the leaders, not on this, not on your mom, not on your wife. Your enemy is the devil. So we have an opportunity, I believe, to reposition our attack this morning. And that's what's so cool. You know how it's broken? It's broken when people, like, one, one of my favorite moments this morning is when, when Mike was about to share about him being raised. He looked at Juan and was like, hey, I love you. <laughs> like, I know I'm about to share some hard stuff, but you know I love you. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I love that so much. So, so much. More than, oh, my goodness. I've had people come in here and say, man, this church is going to be full of people. There's going to be so many people. I'm like, that's whatever. I don't care about that. That's what I care about. That's what moves me. That's what it's like, oh, our church is getting healthy. Amen? Amen. But the Bible would say in the Bible study I was doing about vigilant, it says give strict attention to, be cautious, be active. Take, listen to this real quick. It says take heed. Basically, pay attention to it. Make sure you're proactive. It's that unless through laziness, some destructive calamity suddenly overtakes you. So it's saying, guys, hey, you got to stay on guard because your enemy is trying to attack you. He's active, actually, about it. 
He's walking around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. How many of you know you don't have to be one of those he may devour? How do you stay out of that place? You stay out of offense. You stay out of unforgiveness. You stay out of bitterness. You stay out of malice. You stay out of racism. You stay out of all those things that Paul says put away from you. And then you make yourself where the enemy, he can't mess with you. But I'm, I'm afraid that the church is so easy to be messed with. Man, they had a bad tone. Hmm. Shouldn't talk to me that way. No, some of us are... I listened to Chris Bowden say said something really good. He said, you can tell the size of a man by the size of the problem it takes to mess with him. I was like, oh, Lord, that's rough. And I was like, man, I want it. I got to grow up. Got to move forward. Did you know how Jesus dealt with not being offended and not being vulnerable to the enemy? You know how he did? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The oldest passed away. Behold, the new has come. And it goes on by saying this. He reconciled the world to himself. How? By not holding the world's trespasses against them. Come on. You know how you make yourself bulletproof for the enemy? You not hold people's trespasses against them. You release them. You, you get a heart like Jesus. And you realize that this bitterness and the attack is actually hurting you. It's not hurting the person you're mad at. It's hurting you. When we can't be teachable and we can't learn from anybody and we can't receive from anybody, guess who's getting hurt? You. I got to sit down with a pastor this past Friday, an older gentleman. Uh, how many of you are here with Dan Reynolds was here? with Lifestreams Ministries, one of his pastors, is one of his board members, he called me, I don't even know this guy, he said, Mike, I wanna come and, and meet with you, I'd love to just get to know you. And I was just like, man, why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, did he want something from me? <laughs> and um, and, and it, it was just simply that, it was just, a, just to get to know me, just to get to know my wife, just to be a blessing to us and, and then I'm asking, and within an hour of our conversation, I immediately realized, oh, this is someone I can receive wisdom from. <laughs> so what I do, hey, I actually, I'm struggling with these things right now. Well, you know, what would you say about that? <laughs> we got to start to see that the enemy's attack, we got to be guarded. Somebody say guarded. Not guarded from people, guarded from the devil, <laughs> Right? Guarded from bitterness, malice, anger, unforgiveness. These are the things you need to set up a guard about your life. Not most of us guys, we're setting, you know what we're guarded from? Vulnerability. So we're, we're not vulnerable, we're not authentic, we're not transparent with anyone, so we don't actually grow, we don't actually have deep relationships with anyone, and we don't actually go anywhere. Somebody say, my enemy is the devil. Amen? How many of you are in agreement with that? First Peter 5 eight. Come on, somebody. That's what the Bible says. But he has tactics. He wants to accuse us. He wants us to be offended. So we got to pro protect and fight for unity of our homes and protect and, and fight for unity in our church. 
If you're serving in our church in some capacity and someone comes up in the nursery and says, hey, uh, well, I don't really like the way Danielle's doing this and I don't like how she did this song. You know how you do it? You protect the unity. You should talk to Danielle about that. Why? Because you're on guard and you're staying alert because you say, oh, if there can get division in here, then we're not gonna actually fulfill what God wants this to happen. And we want that to happen more than we want our own preferences. Amen? And so we protect it. I remember when Pastor Chris was here, I've told this story a bunch of times, Pastor Chris wanted to, he wanted to put uh, pipe and drape in the sanctuary. Y'all know what that is? It's like curtains. And he wanted to put it, he wanted to put like close off the last 10 pews because there was not very many people here. And he's like, well, I want to bring us closer together. And he would ask me, Mike, I want to put curtains in the sanctuary. What do you think? And he would ask my opinion. And my opinion was like, hey, I was a youth pastor. I said, I don't know. I don't really like that idea. I don't think it's a good idea, whatever. And then, and then he would say, but that's what I want to do. You know what I'd say? Well, you're the pastor. That's your call. How many of you know if he said, hey, Mike, I think I'm supposed to leave my wife. I would say, no, that's crazy. I'm out of here. <laughs> But I said, hey, you're the pastor, your call. You know what unity looks like? I got a bunch of PVC pipes and I, I, power, I, I spray painted them underneath the awning for hours. And I built them. You know what it looks like even more than that? People would come to me and say, why is he even doing that? I don't like that. You know what I, you know what I wouldn't say? Well, I tried to tell him. And he wouldn't listen to me, but, you know, he's in charge. I would say, hey, he's doing it. He wants to bring us closer together, help us to become family, have community. If you've got a problem with it, I'm sure he'd love to talk to you about it. I would even have people come to me and talk bad about my pastor so much that they would talk bad and that I would be silent. And one of them even said this one time, I guess I'll just shut up then. I thought, well, I'll praise God. <laughs> I was waiting for it. And guys, and I'm not trying to praise myself. I'm just saying, if we can get in unity, think God can get things done. But if we, if we position ourselves against each other and against leaders or whatever, then we're fighting the wrong fight. We're fighting the wrong fight. And the devil's just up and he's just laughing. He's just like, man, I hope they keep gathering. I hope their church grows three times a number and never gets united. Some of you are thinking, well, we gotta have more kids. You know, we're gonna push back in the darkness, but you're not united in your family with your wife. Unity has to be protected. It has to be guarded. Uh, this might sound weird to some of you, but it's okay. I walked out of our service this last Sunday, and I looked up on the steeple of our church, and there was a hawk on the cross at the very top of this church outside. And I don't know, I'm not like one of them over-spiritual people that are like, oh, there was a bird this morning, and then there was a number, and then I saw a sign, and then there was a red light. I'm not that person, if you know me at all. But I saw a hawk, and it just kind of caught my attention. And I felt the Lord say, it's a protector, it's a predator, and they have really good vision. And I felt the Lord say, protect the vision. You know what's even crazier? Y'all might think this is weird, that's completely fine. In the Bible, it says that a donkey spoke at one time, so read the Bible. And I get home, and there's a hawk on my, on my light post at the house, a huge one. And I live in the city in Stockton. And I'm like. Okay, Lord. <laughs> I get it, whatever. But the Lord's in protective vision. And the reality is, is our vision at this church came from the Lord. 
And we can get united around things and, and get, man, just continue to lay ourselves down, prefer one another, get involved in groups. You're, you, you get involved in some of this stuff, guys, you're gonna see racism fall off your life. You're gonna see marriages. Guys, we've seen marriages restored over and over again in this church. And we're gonna continue to. It's incredible. It's amazing what God's doing. And if you're in, your marriage is on the rocks right now, there's hope. And you're at the right place. And you're not at the right, you're at the right place because we're gonna try to draw it out of you. We wanna see you get free. We wanna see you get wholeness. We wanna see you grow up and mature in the Lord. We wanna see your kids get baptized. We wanna see your mom come and get restored. We wanna see your granddad get saved. We, we value these things. The whole family. Thank you. I got one amen out of that. That was good. Nehemiah 4, 14 through 15. Man, it's 12, 17. My God. I don't even know what happened. I want to say this real quickly. Can we stand to our feet? Can our worship team come? This scripture's really stuck out to me as I was reading Nehemiah. Look at your neighbor and say, fight the right fight. And I got your attention really quickly. We're done here in just one second. Prayer team, could you come? Nehemiah chapter 4. Verse 14, he's talking to the people, their enemies are trying to attack them. And he said something really stuck out to me. He said, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And he said this, he said, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Isn't that amazing? He was saying, you know, don't be passive about it. But he noticed it didn't say fight against your family, fight against your kids and fight in your homes. He's saying, no, fight for them. Fight for them. And how do we fight them? We have to reposition our attack on the right enemy. And we fight for them. We fight for our church's unity. We fight for the gospel. We fight for our wives. We fight for our marriages. We fight for our kids instead of fighting against them. And I love what it says in the next verse. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it. Did you catch that out? When our enemies heard that we are aware of their plot. The enemy is trembling right now because he knows, oh no, man, if they could get a hold of what's being preached this morning, if they could start to fight against me, this will really mess up the division part. I believe God is, he's frustrating the plans of the enemy. When Jesus was on the cross and he would, the devil was right there saying, yes, curse God, curse the Romans. And what was Jesus doing? Oh, forgive them, Lord. Forgive them, they know not what they've done. The devil's like, no, no, give up, Jesus. It's been too hard. People have been too mean to you. It's been rough. And Jesus is saying, no, I know who my enemy is. It's not these people. It's not these leaders, religious leaders. It's you. And devil, you're defeated. And how are you defeated? Because I'm going to forgive all these people. I'm going to release them. I'm not going to hold their trespasses against them. And to take it man, even further, I'm going to die for them. And not just for them, I'm going to die as them. I'm going to take their place. How many of you know we deserved the crucifixion? He did not. 
And maybe you're here this morning, I wanna give an opportunity. And you can say, man, I, I, I haven't been saved. I haven't been born again. I haven't, uh, maybe I've believed in God as a kid, but I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. If that is you, that you need to give your life to Jesus, repent of your sin and say, I need to be saved. Would you very boldly right now just lift your hand? I just wanna give an opportunity before we go. Lift your hand all over this room. Anybody that says, man, I need salvation. I need to be born again. I see that hand back there, young man. Come on, anybody else? Keep your hand raised. Come on, we're not ashamed of the gospel in this place. We've all been saved by grace. Anyone else? I need salvation. I need to be born again. I wanna come into the family of God. I need my sins forgiven. I wanna be made a new creation. I wanna become a son and daughter. I see that hand. We celebrate with you. Anyone else? Come on, we have a moment. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? I see that hand. Come on, Jesus, we love you. Anyone else? I need to give my life to you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the grave. I see three right now. Anyone else? Church, can you just begin to intercede if anyone else needs to? And for the three that have their hand raised, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you died for me because you love me. I believe you rose from the dead in victory. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And from this day forward, my life belongs to you. Say that part again. And from this day forward, my life belongs to you. Can we celebrate church this morning for those who gave their life to Jesus? Come on, you can do better than that, church. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices with you this morning. If you made that decision for Christ, Please, before you go, please come down for prayer. We have a new believers book. We want you to fill out a connection card in the back of your seat. We want to get connected with you. Turn that at the welcome desk. We want to follow up with you. We want to see you get water baptized. We're walking with you. If you need prayer for healing in your body, if you need prayer for anything this morning, you're welcome to come to our altars. Our altars are open. Father, bless your people. Bless their families. Bless this city in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for the Lord again this morning? You guys have an awesome week. Altars are open if you need prayer for anything at all. If you got saved, please grab a new believer's book, fill out the connection card, turn it in the foyer, in the welcome desk. We love you guys so much.